0: Welcome in to another edition of Home Field Advantage. This is episode three on January 11th, 2019. Earlier in episode two, if you listened, I said I wanted to do an extra episode leading into divisional weekend, considering there's a lot on the line uh, in terms of NFL playoffs. So that is why we're doing a special episode of Home Field Advantage. I'm really excited about this weekend in the NFL, and I hope to do more special editions of the podcast during weeks throughout the year in which sports is very exciting, such as the Stanley Cup playoffs and the NBA Finals, big tournaments in golf like the U.S. Open and the Masters, the World Series and baseball, uh, and other championship rounds, especially the Super Bowl. I want to do maybe an extra podcast or two leading up to those events. So today on January 11th, in this special edition, we'll be looking uh, mainly at the divisional round matchups coming up in the NFL this weekend, leaning it off on Saturday afternoon, just to overview the uh, Kansas City Chiefs are hosting the Indianapolis Colts at Arrowhead Stadium. Later that night, the Los Angeles Rams are hosting the Dallas Cowboys out at the Coliseum. The next afternoon on Sunday, the New England Patriots are hosting the Los Angeles Chargers at Gillette Stadium. And then the next uh, game that evening, it's the New Orleans Saints hosting the Philadelphia Eagles at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in the Bayou. So there's a ton of football to watch, even though there's only four games. These are big games uh, that have a huge impact on the NFL season, and I'm really looking forward to watching these games. Last week, during Wild Card Weekend, I didn't get a chance to watch all of the games as closely as I'd like to, so I'm making that my goal this week. Now to lead off the first game, as I said, Kansas City Chiefs uh, hosting the Indianapolis Colts. Andrew Luck was playing extremely well down the stretch and especially into that last game that the Colts played against the Texans. So I expect that to continue. However, when I preview all of these games this weekend, I'd really like to focus on not just the quarterbacks. I think the quarterbacks get a lot of attention during the NFL playoffs almost as if the quarterbacks are playing each other. Uh and that's that's valid given that most Super Bowl MVPs are quarterbacks and most uh MVPs of the team even though it might not be official are the quarterbacks. However, I'd like to focus like I said on other Players on the field. And given that, uh, in this Chiefs Colts matchup, I look at T.Y. Hilton on the Indianapolis Colts as having a huge um, impact on the game. Obviously, like Andrew Luck, he plays offense, and offense is, I think, going to dominate this game, given that defense rarely travels in the playoffs and also. Uh, well, unless it's an elite defense. And also that these two teams have a tendency to like to shoot it out and throw the ball over the yard, especially given Patrick Mahomes and um, Andrew Luck being the quarterbacks. See, we can't get away from quarterbacks. But that being said, like like I, like I uh, indicated earlier, T.Y. Hilton is going to be huge in this game because if the Colts – end up falling behind they're going to need to stretch the field to make the game close again and that's where I think um T.Y. Hilton will come in come in very big for the uh Colts but that being said I think offensively speaking the Colts are going to need to also run the ball to take time away from Patrick Mahomes who's likely going to be the Uh, NFL MVP, take time away from Mahomes and the Chiefs offense because those guys led by Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey can put up points in a hurry. So for the Colts offensively, it's going to be a balance of needing to manage the clock if they're tied or ahead, but also needing to be able to score quickly if they fall behind. And that's where I think T.Y. Hilton comes in big for Indianapolis on the Kansas City side D Ford uh one of their leading defensive players incredible ability to rush the passer and if you're going to disrupt Andrew Luck who's playing phenomenally right now you're going to need to put immense pressure on him way more than the Houston Texans did in their home game I think that was ultimately one of their follies in the game is that they were way too conservative defensively and offensively um so I think in this game, D Ford and that Kansas City Chiefs pass rush are going to need to step up big in order to disrupt Andrew Luck and his Colts offense. Overall, though, I, I'm i still picking the Chiefs in this game. I know a lot of people nationally think the Colts are on fire, which they are, um, but they, they seem to think that that is going to Stack up really well against Kansas City, given that Kansas City is off a bye. They might not have as much momentum. But when I look at it, even though they're correct, Indianapolis has a ton of momentum and they're playing really well as a group, and that defensive has seemed to step up big lately. I still think that every dog has his day and that Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs will win a playoff game at home. That that's a really tough assessment, um, given that this is the number one seed in the AFC we're talking about, so normally they tend to attract a little bit more respect than what I believe the Chiefs are getting this week. I, I think a lot of people are caught up in the Colts hype, which is understandable, which is weird because I thought that the Colts uh, would take a back seat once Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs were back on the table for playing, um, because it seems like all season long all you heard was... Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs. But then so far in the playoffs, all we've heard is in Indianapolis Colts, look at what they're doing with Andrew Luck recently. So I figured the Colts would take a backseat to what we've been hearing all week long. Um, but that being said, I'm still only hearing a certain amount of uh, nationally recognized pundits in the NFL picking the Chiefs. Um, and that's who I'm picking, given that they're playing at home And I believe that they're just going to make enough offensive plays to win the game. Uh, I think they're going to control the clock a little more, um, which is weird coming from an Andy Reid team. But I think the fact that they're going to control the score, in my opinion, early on will lead them to victory. And that's the early slot in the Saturday game. The late slot is um, Dallas Cowboys traveling to L.A. to play the Los Angeles Rams. In that game, it seems like I've heard reports that the Dallas Cowboys fans have taken over a lot of the seats and purchased a lot of tickets uh, for the game in the Coliseum. So that could be a little bit different than maybe what Sean McVay and the LA Rams were expecting. However, I think that this game is going to be probably the closest of the week. Um, maybe second only to the Patriots and Chargers. Uh, and another thing about this game is actually two things about this game is that I think Dallas has the best chance to upset um, of any road team of any road team, and I'll tell you why. I think the Rams are vulnerable um, because even though they played phenomenally for like the first ten to fifteen weeks of the season, um, the last four or five, it seemed like, they were struggling to be as explosive offensively and also uh, stopping the run. And if you can't stop the run against a Dallas team that um, boasts Ezekiel Elliott as its leading rusher, then that's a problem for um, the Rams defensively. So if push comes to shove, I think Dallas's defense, who let's not forget, just went and beat Uh, Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks and earlier this season beat Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints and if they can beat two of the more experienced quarterbacks and subsequent offenses in the league then I think they should be able to do better if not the same against the LA Rams offense which recently seems as if it's trying to become one-dimensional and rely on Gurley a lot. Uh, I think that earlier in the season, when they had Cooper Cup and they had some more playmakers on um, on offense in the receiving game, it wasn't as so. Um, and that's not to disrespect Robert Woods or Brandon Cooks; those are also two phenomenal receivers. But I think that um, at the end of the day, the Dallas Cowboys defense is going to travel well. Um, compared to most NFL defenses in the postseason, and I, I just am not convinced that the Rams are going to be up for this game. I know Sean McVay is a great coach, but that's if I was going to pick an upset, that's the game I was going to, I'm going to pick. I just think Dallas um, seems to be playing really confidently behind Dak Prescott offensively, and they seem to be rallying on defense behind some of their young playmakers. So that's where I think that game's going to go. Now, the third game of the weekend is a game that means a lot to me as a Patriots fan. Obviously, the Patriots hosting the L.A. Chargers at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. I might spend a couple extra minutes talking about this game just because of its regional and local um, impact and significance. Currently, the Patriots are four-point favorites on the L.A. Chargers. I find that to be a reasonable... Um, Reasonable spread because of the fact that the Patriots are the home team. Uh, I also find it reasonable given that this isn't the best Patriots team we've seen on paper, but yet they're still getting the home field courtesy, which I believe they deserve given their dominance at Gillette Stadium throughout um, Tom Brady's career. Uh, so I I, th- I see that as a positive for the Patriots. Um, but it seems like there are little area there. Are, I shouldn't say little. There are few areas. Uh, where the Patriots are better than the Chargers on paper. Uh, That seemed to be a narrative that we heard a lot throughout the week. However, when I looked into it deeper, I found that this season their offensive numbers were very similar. The Patriots actually averaged more yards per game, more passing and rushing yards per game, and had a slightly higher third down efficiency than the uh, LA Chargers. However, the Chargers only... um, we're one point behind the Patriots in average points per game. I find that to be really interesting, um, given that we've heard a lot about how the Chargers are just simply better. That you know they're a fake wild card team. That the Patriots are only hosting the game because they play in a bad division because they had a worse record than the Chargers. And I've heard all these things that are sort of discrediting the Patriots. But really, when you look at it and you, You start to drift away from, like I said, the quarterbacks. I think that um, those are two areas where um, the Patriots can capitalize is on that third down efficiency and on that rushing yards. It's not going to be as easy to stop, um, excuse me, to establish the run, given that the Chargers seem to play really well in stopping the run, and that's. Uh, that's eminent given their past performance against Baltimore last weekend. But as the game progresses and I think the clock becomes more important, the Patriots might drift toward the run, but I really don't expect them to start out trying to establish the run. I wouldn't be at all surprised if you saw Tom Brady and company come out on the first drive and open up with five wide and just go no huddle down the whole field like you would like you would have seen uh, three or four years ago. Although, given that the Chargers defense uh, has, seemed, has seemed to establish a pass rush, that might be a little tougher. So Brady's going to have to release the ball quicker than he did against the Jets or the Bills. Uh, I think nobody would argue with that, uh, that this, this defense of the LA Chargers is pretty legit, and it does have the capability to Um, pressure the quarterback in a way that could be detrimental. Um, Furthermore, I think the Chargers offensively do pose some matchup problems for the Patriots. One of the players I want to focus on for the Patriots is Stephon Gilmore on the defensive side of the ball. If you match him with somebody like Keenan Allen, that could prove to be um, very beneficial to New England, but you'd still have to find a way to slow down Hunter Henry, Antonio Gates, some of the other receivers that they have, also Melvin Gordon out of the backfield. So there's a lot of different ways that the Chargers can beat you offensively, and of of anything that Bill Belichick does over the years that he's been given credit for, it's taking away the best option that an opposing offense has. And with the charges, you really don't know what that is. Some people would say it's Melvin Gordon. Others would say it's Keenan Allen. Some people would say it's even Philip Rivers extending plays and avoiding avoiding a sack. Uh, not necessarily as mobile as somebody like Patrick Mahomes, but still somebody who isn't necessarily going to just cave to a sack like our own number twelve might once in a while. Uh, furthermore, I think. For the Chargers, they're going to need to rely on Melvin Gordon um, offensively because that's going to be how you get those mixed matches with the Patriots, whether it's somebody like Alandon Roberts covering um, Melvin Gordon out of the backfield. That's an area where the Patriots might have uh, some trouble stopping the Chargers offensively. Uh, But Melvin Gordon's also dealing with an injury, and that could prove to be Uh, A tough thing for the Chargers to overcome if they want to uh, take the ball away from Tom Brady's hands in the running game, uh, and by using the clock to their advantage. So there's a ton of moving parts in there, a ton of things to look at. um, But I think the key to the game for the Patriots is really going to be sticking to what they do best and not not trying to be too cute with the play calls. I think in some of the games this year where they've had trouble they've tried to establish the run on their side a little too early. I think for the Patriots, that's not necessarily how you want to approach the game. I think, like I said earlier, spreading it out and throwing and putting the ball in Tom Brady's hands in the playoffs is never a bad thing to do. So I think that's something they that they should focus on early, especially if they receive the opening kickoff, which is about 50-50, obviously, given that it's a coin toss, but... Sometimes the Patriots, when they um, lose the toss, the other team does what the Patriots usually like to do and defers to the second half. So all of that is really uh, going to change the way the second and third quarter plays. Is that early first quarter drives. That was something last season uh, in some of the postseason games that the Patriots played in was a huge factor. They played from behind throughout most of the Jacksonville game, uh, but yet they played ahead through the majority of the Tennessee game. So, um, so it was really in those situations all about the start. The last two components of this game that will lead to the outcome are the running backs in terms of their non-rushing roles. So, for example, for the Patriots, it's Ken James White, Sony Michelle, and Rex Burkhead be enough of a factor in the passing game to slow down the L.A. Chargers defense and get them uh, get them a little tired early on in the game if the big linebackers are chasing around the more agile, more quick running backs. That could be a problem for the Chargers, especially given that they're not necessarily the greatest team when it comes to stopping um, the passing game to running backs. And the Patriots have the perfect weapon in James White to um, take advantage of that weakness on L.A.'s side. And then for the Chargers, another huge component with the running back is can Melvin Gordon stop the rush? Uh, This was something that the Patriots took advantage of in Super Bowl 51 with the uh, blocking ability of Devonta Freeman. And this is something that I think they can take advantage of with Melvin Gordon. He's not great at picking up the blitz. So if they're able to send somebody like Van Noy or Hightower in, um, that could be huge in getting pressure on Philip Rivers. So all of those things taking into account, I think the Patriots are poised to win this game if you focus on history, which is what I recently wrote a column about on Chowder and Champions, it's the Patriots' ability to win this kind of game over time. I think that's the best thing New England has going for it is it's familiar with the moment. But that's also a really dangerous preposition to make given that that's what a lot of people thought in Super Bowl 52 against Philadelphia. Is while the Patriots have been here before, they play really well in this spot. But that didn't seem to be the case. It still comes down to the X's and O's on the field. So if I had to make a pick, I'd take the Patriots by... By three points, I think it could come down to a Gostowski field goal at the end of the game, because I just think if you give Tom Brady a two-minute drill at Gillette stadium in the playoffs, he's going to execute it. So that's what I think the game's going to come down to. If I had to make a call, I'd say Patriots 24, uh, Chargers 21, uh, and it would be a tough one. Tough one for both teams, and it would be a tough one for the Patriots to lose that game given that this is one of the last chances we're going to get at a Super Bowl run as a fan base, which might sound like a broken record to a lot of people. But when you get used to going to the AFC title game every year, uh, you know, going to the Super Bowl three out of four years, you, you start to really get upset when, uh, when you feel like your team underachieved. Um, so really Stefan Gilmore, Melvin Gordon, James White, Joey Bosa. Those are the players you want to look at in this game. I think it could be huge. Uh, Last game of the divisional weekend is the Saints and the Eagles. New Orleans hasn't really played at full strength with all of its starters in almost three weeks. Um, Drew Brees, obviously tremendous player, MVP candidate. He's unbeatable at, at the Superdome in the playoffs throughout his career, as well as, well as with coach Sean Payton uh, when they play in that venue That's going to be a huge thing for Philadelphia to overcome. However, if anybody can do it, it's probably Nick Foles at this point. He proved me wrong, like I said in Episode 2. He proved me wrong last week in the wildcard game. He proved me wrong last year in the Super Bowl. If anybody can do it, it's Nick Foles. Uh, But moving away from the quarterbacks, I think Nelson Aguilar is huge for Philadelphia in this game. Uh, Similar to T.Y. Hilton and... The Colts, I think Nelson Aguilar and the Eagles might need to stretch the field if they fall behind, and this is somebody you really want to watch. I think it's Nick Foles' favorite option in that situation, given that he seems to be the receiver in the Eagles' offense that is best at extending the field and, op- and op- taking the top off the defense and opening up those cover uh, those holes and coverages. So that's somewhere where I think Nelson Aguilar could excel. Although, that being said, they'd be playing from behind in that scenario, so maybe the Philadelphia Eagles want to avoid such a situation. And for the New Orleans Saints, if you obviously focus on the offensive side of the ball with Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Michael Thomas, all the playmakers that they have, you can really start to get caught up in all the things they can do offensively. But I think the biggest thing in this game and the biggest factor for the Saints' success is their defense and their pass rush. I think Nick Foles plays really comfortably in the playoffs and the best way to disrupt that is with a uh, tremendous pass rush. That was something the Bears were able to do at at times last week, but not consistently. I think if Cam Jordan um, can really establish himself on on the edge uh, in those matchups and get to the quarterback that's going to put Nick Foles as off his rhythm as humanly possible. And that could be something that is detrimental to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles' chances at winning the game, especially if they need to come back and start dropping back to pass. Darren Sproles and Zach Ertz will also be influential for the Eagles, but on the offensive side of the ball. So if you look behind beyond the quarterbacks there's still a lot of players on each of these teams that have the ability to make a tremendous impact on the outcome of the game for Drew Brees and company this is a great opportunity for them to prove that they're still the top dog in the NFC and that just because they haven't played necessarily their full roster in a few weeks doesn't mean that they're not capable of standing up in And excelling in this game. Those are just some of my thoughts on divisional weekend in the NFL. And I'd love to hear what everybody else thinks. Feel free to put um, your thoughts in the comment section or uh, on Twitter or in the comment section of the post on SoundCloud. Both of those avenues work well for me in terms of distributing this podcast I know I said last time I wanted to be on iTunes, there just seems to be a lot of delay in getting that going, and I'm working on that as much as I can, but I am at this point a one-man band. Uh, I appreciate all your support throughout this endeavor, and to my listeners, I thank you. I look forward to this weekend and all the football that's going to be played. Um, Hopefully I do a little bit better with my picks than last week, Uh, but more importantly, hopefully as a Patriots fan, I'm not mourning the loss of another... Uh, playoff stunner on Monday morning like I was uh, 11 months ago. Uh, But given the Patriots history at Gillette stadium and uh, the fact that they haven't lost out outside, uh, excuse me, inside that venue this year, I do have a little bit of confidence, Um, but it used to be that the Patriots would win games because they were the better team, not because they necessarily had some sort of home field advantage, no pun intended. Um, But nevertheless, I'm really excited for this week, Uh, as I've said before, and I appreciate your support. Please follow at homefieldpod on Instagram. That would be great. That's where I do a lot of um, my distributing and promotions. And I really, like I said, I can't thank you enough uh, for supporting this podcast, and I'd love to hear your feedback. Thank you very much, and happy Divisional Weekend.